1: Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now, here's your host, Paul Charchian.
2: The draft is less than one week from today. Yes. 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 I am Paul Charchian, co-host Matt Harrison this week. The juice, the draft juices are flowing.
3: I can't wait. They're flowing. I love it, uh, man. I, I, I'm really excited. This time next week, it'll be you and Scott Fish breaking down the, the first, first round, round yes. of the NFL draft. Yeah, and it, it'll be maybe w- some of these guys that we're going to talk about now are going to be involved. Several of the
2: receivers, we know will the receivers. Will be, will be so <laughs> I think one running back's going to make it into the bottom of the first round. We'll talk about that. Who maybe. we think that might be. Um, and we'll probably have some differing opinions on that a little yeah. bit. And today we're going to focus on rookies and specifically Matt running backs and wide receivers, because honestly, the quarterbacks and the tight ends are hugely down here for tight ends. Yeah. Quarterbacks. I, I don't think either position is going to be very impactful, at least this season. Yeah, you know, from a
3: fantasy standpoint. And this is fantasy football weekly. So. Yeah. You
2: know, Malik <laughs> Willis would be the one different possible guy that you could talk about, um, although I think everybody knows a lot about him, just because the mobility will yield fantasy points for him, mm-hmm. even if he can't pass. Um, but I still I think there's a chance he ends up on a team that doesn't start him
3: right away. That could be. And I I know Kenny Pickett is kind of the guy that Vegas thinks is going mm-hmm. to be the other quarterback, maybe the first quarterback selected. But I look at a lot of rankings out there by guys who are much smarter on the draft prep than I am. And sometimes they have Kenny Pickett ranked as the fourth best quarterback. I know. And so it it's kind of all over the place on this quarterback thing this year. So I, I'm going to be, I'll probably
2: be wrong, but I'm just going to put this out here now. I don't think a quarterback will go in the first 15 picks first half of the draft. Mm. I think 16 is the first spot. I think a quarterback
3: might go. I will bet you a big boar lunch that a quarterback goes. I can't in the take first that because, 50.
2: because a team could trade up <laughs> now. If we, okay, here's okay. How about this? Let's let's if set you it. take let's, a trade out of it. Then yeah. I'll take that deal. If you take a trade out a of trade, it. let's just say a trade, a trade means we push on this. Yeah. Okay, um, if, okay. And otherwise, I don't think I don't think any team drafting in its natural position before sixteen will take a quarterback. So they just don't grade. Well,
3: what that. if like Atlanta from eight trades up <laughs> to go get Malik Willis or something? I don't like. think they have to. Like, Malik <laughs> they, Willis they
2: will be there. To yet. Yet.
3: <laughs> exactly. Yes, but if, I, I don't want to push on that because they were in the top fifteen anyway. Well, I think that I would pay that bet. Okay, I right. paid that All bet right. because they
2: were in the top fifteen and they stayed in the top fifteen.
3: Honestly either way we both win cuz we get to enjoy <laughs> kind of a big, board, a big board barbecue, barbecue. <laughs> there there is that um
2: both uh, i think for both dynasty and redraft mm-hmm. fantasy players i think you're just you're focused on running backs and wide receivers in this draft so yeah. that's what we're going to focus on here and just for the sake of keeping this podcast reasonably short and sure. consumable we're going to limit our focus to the top six runners and top six receivers, which does not mean that we think these are the only guys who can make a difference. Yeah. Um, I just don't want to go uh, uh, turn this into a one hour podcast. And then um, after, you know, so then when the draft gets here next week, we'll talk about the first round. The week after that, we'll talk about all the other players that went in the draft. And, and the other thing we're going to do today, Matt, that I'm really excited about, we'll tell you the one ideal and realistic Mm -hmm. landing spot for a for each of these twelve players we're going to talk Yeah, about. where we hope they'll land. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh before we get to that, you've got a super cool draft game at Shock Fantasy
3: that people can play. I do indeed. Uh it's 32 questions. It's for the first round of the draft.
2: Hey, how many teams are gonna how many how many teams or how many picks are there in the first round? There's thirty-two. Hey, it, how can It, it convenient. Kind, of, kind of makes sense. Yeah. But
3: uh you know, you you go to Shock Fantasy, and if you're a member, it's free for all Shock mm-hmm. Fantasy members. If you're not, it's ten bucks for you to uh to purchase just the the NFL Draft prop bet game. But if you want to, you know, join Shock Fantasy, Draft Twenty Two, Draft Twenty Two is a promo code that'll get you a full year for twenty two bucks. But in this game, you can print it off, and if you're having a draft party, I assume you're bringing this to the Vikings draft party, and oh, you're going to play with that'll, all. The, that'll be my focus. the, the, yes. the whole, the whole, yes. bu- everybody there yeah. at the stadium
2: on stage, U.S. Bank Stadium. Excuse me, I'm, I'm, I'm working <laughs> on my, on, my on NFL match, draft, shock fantasy game. NFL draft. Absolutely, yes. yeah,
3: but we got you know how how many how much time will be remaining on the clock when the pick is in for selection yes. number one? You know, will the Giants? make a pick at both number five and number seven. Mm-hmm. Lots of different questions like that. Things that you can't totally predict, but you know, a fair amount of fun and levity. There's even one will anybody jump in the Bellagio fountain? Oh, uh, for, I like for, it. Uh, like, from the player standpoint, after oh, after they get yeah. drafted. Woo, let's it's go. Possible. <laughs> cannonball, let's let's go. I hope they cannonball. <laughs> I hope they, the cannonball's way better
2: than the jackknife, and it's not even close. Oh, the absolutely. The cannonball, you get the waves, you get the full 360-degree splash. I mean, the jackknife is, I believe, vastly overrated because most people don't have the skill to pull it off. Mm-hmm. And the advantage of it is you can get the directional spray on the jackknife. If I needed to go straight or, you know, some direction, you can do that with a well-executed jackknife, but most people can't do it.
3: You know, after COVID, I gained a few pounds here and there, Um, you know, know, like everybody did. But uh, when we were on spring break with my kids, I was doing cannonballs in the pool and they thought it was absolutely awesome. You know, you get a little more weight, you get get that pool rocking. So there's that. (laughs)
2: too. Absolutely. Uh, also we should mention we have a fantasy football weekly Twitter community now. Yeah. And how do people find that?
3: Uh, well, I, I just tweeted it not too long ago. Uh, so if you go to at explosive output on mm. Twitter, it's going to be at the top of my page. I think you retweeted it as well. I so, did. uh, you can just find fantasy football weekly community. You can join it. You can yeah. ask us questions, ask uh, each other questions, ask each other Answer questions, each Questions. Yeah. F- yeah. find a Share league. Knowledge. Maybe you, maybe you got a, a league mate that, you know, left your league and you need somebody else. You're going to find some quality candidates right there. And maybe uh, maybe even start uh,
2: dabbling into guillotine leagues. Absolutely. Let's talk about the running backs. There, uh, We'll talk through the, what we believe are the top six. And we're going to start with controversy right yeah, out of the well, I, gate. I, 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 you made the list, and I was like, what the hell? Yep. I put my <laughs> favorite running back at the top of the list, although really it's a 1A and 1B scenario, but for me, I have the slight edge to Kenneth Walker, not Brees Hall. So we'll talk Walker first, but this is not, again, it's 1A and 1B, and I'm -hmm. not trying to be really like, we're not going to talk about these guys necessarily, although I think they are roughly in order, uh, but that's not what we're here to do. We're here to Mm -hmm. talk, describe the player and where they could be a good fit. So let's talk Kenneth Walker from Michigan State. First, I think I think I did not expect him to run a four, three, eight mm-hmm. at, at the combine. It's pretty and fast. That's really fast. And he, what I love about Kenneth Walker is, you know, four, three, eight, we're talking about track star fast, but he doesn't run like a track star. Mm-hmm. So many times you get track star running backs. They are North South runners mm-hmm. and they are upright runners. Mm-hmm. And you know, what? as a guy, He's we'll talk about, know, in a, in in a, couple a minute, minutes. that's yeah. right. <laughs> um, he is far more flexible He doesn't have to run north-south. In fact, his lateral running is maybe the best part of Kenneth Walker's game. So they do these stretch plays at Michigan State where he's going laterally, going laterally, sees his hole, cuts instantly. The great vision. Then he finds lanes, and he is gone. His long speed is is ridiculous if you don't catch him by the second level mm-hmm. forget it he's just out running everybody sure so fast but and unlike most track stars turned running backs he's got the big enough frame to be durable absorb tacklers and michigan state used him in every way inside guy outside guy um there's almost ev- he can do almost everything you want a runner to do a couple things i don't love first just 19 catches in three years, mm-hmm. so he is not does not look like he's going to be much of a factor through the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about it. That you know, other than that, I mean, there's nothing not to like about Kenneth Walker. Sure, does everything well. So, ideal landing spot for somebody who grades out mm-hmm. by most people as top of the second round. I'm going to go a couple of picks early and put him on the Kansas City Chiefs. What a freaking nightmare he would be in the backfield with Patrick Mahomes. Now, here's why. We all know Clyde Edwards-Alaire is still there, but we also know that he's not anybody that can power this running game at all. It's a lost pick, and it's a lost cause. I was super optimistic (laughs) three years ago, but it's over. It's over for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. The Chiefs lost some explosiveness with Tyreek Hill. Now they get it back at a different position, but they get back a game-changing, big-play, explosive player in Brees Hall. End of the first round.
3: We well, you mean Kenneth Walker? Sorry, thank Hall. you, Kenneth Walker. We, we don't have the full button bar here, but the I was wrong, Fonzie was was right there for the pick for Brees. Yes, it was. On, uh, I don't, ha- on I don't have it here. Unfortunately, all right. Let's talk about Brees Hall since you you Yeah, let's
2: transition. Most people think Brees Hall will be the first the first running back taken.
3: Yeah, um, I I went to the tape uh, started watching some of the highlights. He didn't look incredibly fast in highlights, which was kind of strange to me, but he's a super long strider and he outruns so many defenders that I was like, wait a minute, my eyes are deceiving me. He must be incredibly fast. And then he ran a four, three, nine at the combine. So yes, it's just an optical illusion. He's very fast, but the well, reason he doesn't look fast is he runs super upright mm-hmm. and the strides are just so long mm-hmm. and all these short little water bug leg defensive backs are chasing him around and, you know, taking three steps to his one. So, uh, but he kind of reminds me a little bit of Adrian Peterson and his rushing style. I'm not saying Brees Hall is going to be in. No, he doesn't a, have a hall nearly of, the body hall of Adrian of Famer, But uh, tough to tackle. Kind of slippery, but not a lot of cuts in his game. Uh, unlike Peterson, uh, well above average hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, the knock on him is he's not a good route runner. Yeah. Just more of kind of a safety valve. So while he's good at catching passes, they might not be schemed to I, the, catch a lot.
2: I, the We see uh, Brees Hall catch a lot of behind the line of scrimmage, at yep. the line of scrimmage, wheel routes. It's not like he's a downfield
3: receiving. Smart. No, not like that. But uh, his cousin is former NFL running back. Roger Craig did not know that. <laughs> that's okay. Kind of, that's kind of fun. So he's got a little uh, bit of pedigree I wish he had there.
2: The, I wish he had the knees, the knees. Remember Roger Craig had the most super upright runner as well, mm-hmm. but he had the huge knee lift. He had, you know, I've never the seen a running the back. Churn. Li- lifted <laughs> his knees as high as Roger Craig did
3: that's fun. in his running gait. I don't remember that very vividly. Uh I was, you know, ten Dude, when Roger up. Craig was uh We were writing about him in fantasy football week. That's right. Uh ideal landing spot for Brees Hall for me would be Houston, uh, at the fifth pick of round two, mm-hmm. or maybe Seattle, who has pick forty and forty one. For mm-hmm. both teams, he's instantly the best offensive weapon on the team. Yeah. Uh maybe DK Metcalf in Seattle, but you know, Brees Hall would, would really take over. And I think that he has a chance to be one of the rare bell cow backs in this, uh, in this thing. So certainly a workhorse back in college. Yeah, that's for sure. I I think he'll be the first running back drafted. I also think he'll be the first player drafted in standard rookie drafts this year. Depends a
2: lot on the landing spot, but yeah, that's possible. And I think it's probable that Brees Hall will be the first player taken in most, uh, in most Rookie drafts yeah. for fantasy players. Let's go to Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M. Uh, I liked a lot of what I saw, but I've got some concerns here. He's got he's a patient runner. Mm-hmm. He's got a surprising amount of nimbleness uh, for a guy who's well built. Uh, he is deceptively strong. When you see him, you don't look at him and go, "Well, that guy's Ramondre Stevenson, who's just going to bowl, bowl people over." But mm-hmm. man, does he finish! Hard. Okay. Dragging tacklers creates a lot of yards. Very aggressive. Um, he's got pretty good hands. They threw to him a lot on wheel routes. Uh, super productive. And the thing I liked best about Isaiah Spiller, simply never left yards on the table. Just every run, you look at it, you look at how that run develops, and you say to yourself, could anybody else have gotten more yards? You're like, well, probably not. There's just, the guy was, the guy, just earns every yard and he, he he maximizes every carry i love that mm-hmm. super durable too for a guy who doled out a lot of punishment isaiah spiller never missed a game yeah we always like that as well um what worries me about spiller he ran a four six three 40 yard dash okay um his blocking needs some help. Doesn't have a lot of open field moves, you know, at the second level. He's just going to punish guys and, and try to break tackles, but he's not an elusive runner.
3: I like that. We like parse these things out on a guy's 40 yards. He's running 40 yards. Mm-hmm. And we're like, ah, this two tenths of a second is way hey, That does make long. a difference. <laughs> it does. I mean, the difference, you know, the guys who
2: we're talking about that are four, three, eight, and a guy who's four, six, three, It's Uh, two tens of a second. (laughs) That's the way this game works. Um, I also
3: have Houston as the ideal landing spot. Here, I'll challenge you on one, though. Okay. I think he should go to Buffalo. He can take the same number CJ Spiller had, and a whole bunch of people already have his jerseys in the in the in the stands, and and we're good to go there. Plus, uh, Spiller, Buffalo, Spiller, I think, yeah. would be a really really good landing spot for one of these running backs.
2: Well, and you know he's so he is so different from the runners that they've got in yeah, Buffalo absolutely. right now that you know he could he could walk into that uh, he could walk into a unique role there, but it would almost certainly be a part time role. Because Devin Singletary's Singletary's earned the right to get 10 to 12 touches every game. Josh Allen is going to run the ball 8 to 12 times a game. And And Zach Moss is going to get cut. Zach Moss might get cut. That's another (laughs) I was wrong moment right there. Let's go to our next running back, James
3: Cook. Yeah, so I looked him up, uh, and according to Wikipedia, James Cook was a British explorer, navigator, cartographer, and captain in the British Royal Navy. Oh, super famous pirate hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also died of a stab wound while attempting to kidnap the ruling chief of the island of Hawaii what a great in way to 1750. Go. What a
1: great way to go. I'm trying <laughs> to
2: kidnap the indigenous population, and I die from a stab wound.
3: <laughs> Wow. Uh, the Georgia running back, uh, he's very different. He's, uh, the brother of Dalvin Cook. Uh, uh, very quick. Looks like a very capable pass catcher and route runner. Uh, my worries on watching the film is, He was tackled at the second level just a lot. Uh, His line opened up a lot of huge holes for him because he was in Georgia Georgia. and had a great line in front of him. But he was often tackled like 8 to 10 yards downfield and not a lot of big, huge 40 to 50-yard runs in the highlight package for Mm -hmm. him. So it makes me worry a little bit about his vision and makes me think he needs to go to a spot that has a good, established offensive line. And when I read some of the pro scout opinions, they share some of those sentiments. Sentiments. He's a little undersized for the NFL, inconsistent open field moves. His second level vision is spotty. So my ideal landing spot for him is the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. Um, They've already got some pass-catching ability on roster. They do. Uh, they got Joe Mixon in front of him, of yeah, course. Um, yes. But I think it's a big improvement over Samaje Pirine or Chris Evans. If mm-hmm. Mixon were to miss time and Mixon generally does miss a few games here and there, but they had a huge upgrade to the offensive line. He's not going to be forced into being like the guy. And I think that frees him up to be like the best version of himself in the NFL. All right. That's James cook from Georgia. I think he goes
2: fourth round. It's my hunch. I think it's late third, early fourth, probably. Damian Pierce plays for Florida, or played for Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, He is a powerful, uh, thick-framed runner with a compact build. A lot of balance and footwork on that frame. Ton of burst, uh, good blocker, instinctive runner who sheds tacklers. Really impressed with that part of his game. Uh, Surprisingly agile for a bigger back as well. And what I loved about what Florida did with him, you know, so here he is, you know, a bigger back who's, uh, you know, super physical. They found ways to get him open 15, 20 yards downfield. And they're throwing seam passes
3: to da- <laughs> and, Damian and then Pierce. Like, and then they're like trying to tackle him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Now, uh, you know,
2: if you just watch his highlights, you're going to be like, dang, this guy's good. Mm-hmm. But if you watch a full game, you're going to see some things. that are going to raise some eyebrows. Does not have top-end speed. We're at a 4 6, 40. Um, Only one season is the starter, which is weird. And even then, he only had one game in which the coaches gave him 15 or more touches. Okay. Which is also weird. So, you know, here we are, a guy who's going to get drafted in the NFL, and Florida didn't manufacture touches for him. And it makes you wonder what the Florida coaches
3: know about Damian Pierce that we don't know. Maybe that he's just better as a 10 to 15 kind of touch guy. Maybe does he, he wear down, down fast throughout the game? I, I don't
2: know. Could be. So my ideal landing spot for Damian Pierce was Philadelphia as mm-hmm. part of a one, two punch with miles Sanders. Sanders will continue to get the start. He'll, uh, he'll be more of your outside runner. Uh, another good guy with a path as with pass catching ability. They both can. And but not a goal line finisher. I mean, Sanders never scores. Mm -hmm. So here's your goal line finisher and Damian Pierce for Philadelphia. I'd love to see that landing spot for him. Our sixth and final running back that we'll discuss. Brian Robinson from Alabama. Talk about big framed guys who could make an impact.
3: Yeah, that dude is huge. Uh, 6'2", 225, uh, had several big highlight runs for Bama. Uh, But I noticed... The big highlights came against non-SEC teams like Mercer and New Mexico <laughs> State. But when you watch his SEC highlights, where all the defenders are a lot better, yeah. he still pops off for some 15 to 20 yarders, but he doesn't have the huge 60, the 70 yard runs. runs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's not very easy to tackle. Uh, it looks like it really hurts to bring him down. Uh, <laughs> there's some punishment there. Are there guys wincing? Yes, uh, they take their helmets off and they're like, oh, it looked like they just sucked on a lemon after trying to (laughs) tackle him. Um, Played five years at Alabama, uh, backed up Damian Harris for a few years and Najee Harris until last year, where he finally got the nod as the starter. Uh, Not super quick. Doesn't have overwhelming speed. I think he's going to need a good offensive line in front of him. I thought Philly would be a good landing spot as yeah, well. For, really, for uh, many uh, of the for, same reasons, yeah, i like Damian Pierce. But uh, how about this? How about Minnesota? How about as a backup to Dalvin Cook? Brian Robinson might last till the fifth, maybe sixth round. Hmm. This is kind of an interesting guy that you could pair with Dalvin Cook and even pair with Alexander Madison and have just a third bruising weapon out on the field that just changes the dynamic of that Vikings offense.
2: You don't want to put Dalvin Cook with his brother James Cook on the same team. We're gonna have two. I, I mean, you would, but you could. You could, yeah. But I, I think, I think. Yeah, I'm not as high on Alexander Madison mm-hmm. as many people are, um, who I don't think is, I think there's a, commonly held belief that Madison's like, you know, eighty five percent of Dalvin Cook. Yeah. I don't think he's close to no. that. So I'm more open to this than many would be. Yeah. But I think the, the Vikings may have too many holes to uh That's to why help, to that's why the, the I think it's a it's a fifth, sixth round. It's yeah. definitely
3: a day three kind of pick. And he mm-hmm. if he's sitting there and the Vikings are like, hey, you know what? This this could really bring a different element to our offense.
2: Let's take a break. When we come back we'll talk about our favorite six wide receivers in this draft and mm-hmm. where we would like them to go. Stay tuned. Fantasy Football Weekly, segment number two. Paul Charchian, Matt Harrison with you. GuillotineLeagues.com.
3: We're getting ready to turn the lights on. It's getting close. I, I, I'm excited to hear about this fancy new secret sauce you guys got going I on over there. I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. Can't wait to talk about it.
2: Can't yet. Though. You haven't even told me. I know. That's secret. It's, that's how secret it is. Wow. That's right. Um, well, I spill the beans on it. I know. You can't be trusted. You're t- you can't trust you. <laughs> Uh, We've already talked through six running backs. Let's go through six different wide receivers that we like to make an impact. And this is a, it's a pretty deep wide receiver class. I don't know that there's any one player that's like, oh my God, this guy's a sure fire hundred percent lock, but yeah. My favorite player in this draft is Garrett
3: Wilson from OSU. I think that the, the draft Knicks think that he's the closest thing to a lock in is, this wide receiver is group. It's
2: pretty universal consensus that he should be the first player taken in this draft, in part uh, because Jamison Williams has got the ACL. I mean, mm-hmm. I think without that, Williams would have been the first pick. Could be. Uh, so let's talk Garrett Wilson. There's a lot to like here great, super fast, by the way, Mm -hmm. Uh, very, very fast guy gets open downfield all the time, can get separation downfield. And after the catch, sayonara, dude is (laughs) gone. So I love all that about his, but he's got a, a surprisingly broad skill set that makes him more than John Ross, Mm -hmm. you know, like run straight, run fast. Yeah. Uh, A lot of body control. He had to adapt to a lot of inaccurate throws at Ohio state. Um, love the ball skills, love his, his ability to go up, adjust to the ball in air, come down with it, explosive release off the line. And you'll see him create cushion for himself within 10 yards all the time. Mm -hmm. He played the slot a lot. He played outside a lot. So we think he can go both outside and the slot, be effective from both places, goes over the middle willingly. And they ran him over the middle a lot for a thinner guy. I liked to see that they were willing to, and he was willing to catch the ball over the middle and take the requisite hits that come with that. Mm-hmm. Um, loved his slant game. He can be very shifty and elusive after the catch, and if you, get, if you give him the wrong angle, then again, the speed takes over, and he's, ru- he's outrunning everybody at the end zone. Big plays coming for Garrett Wilson with whatever team ends up with him. He's slender. He's not very physical. He's mm-hmm. not gonna beat people. He's not gonna win contested catches that way. Yeah. He'll win some contested catches just through body control in his hands, uh, but he's not gonna outpower anybody. He's not gonna box out defenders. He's not that guy. Um I when I when I watch him, Garrett Wilson, I see somebody whose routes look very good and him getting separation on routes, but a lot of a lot of draft experts feel that he's got a ways to go on his route running. Okay. Um, so, OK, maybe I'll, I'll grant you that out of all the players we've put on any of the teams. I feel most confident about putting Garrett Wilson on Atlanta at eight than I am about anybody else we're going to talk about or have talked about.
3: Sure. They're you know the closest one to the top there. I think I think the one caveat could be maybe the Jets just go ha- have fallen in love with him. And they've been very much rumored to mm-hmm. be in on getting a wide receiver. Yep. They're uh, in 10. So they'd have to get past Atlanta unless you think no, they're gonna four, do it at four. four and 10. Yeah. yeah so, I,
2: I don't, but yes,
3: yeah, it's possible. That, that would be kind of the only thing I could see that could put a hitch in that giddy up. Mm-hmm. I think Atlanta is pretty commonly mocked for Garrett Wilson.
2: Yep. I, I think he would thrive well there. He'd open up the middle of the field for Kyle Pitts, and Mariota's got a strong on a farm to get him the ball downfield where mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson can be really special. All right, let's go to a wide receiver we've already touched on. Yeah. Jamison Williams coming off the late season ACL, yeah. which has dampened, you know, and put a lot of variability into where people project him. I've seen some mocks have him as high as eight for Atlanta. Sure. And I've seen some of him out of the first round. Yeah. I think it just really depends on how quickly you need Jamison Williams to be able to be available.
3: So he didn't run the forty at the Combine or Pro Day due to a torn ACL in the national championship game in January, but he's definitely the fastest player I've seen on tape at the running back or the wide receiver position. And I watched a lot of film on him, so many huge long touchdown catches. The theme with all of them, he's super fast, and in all those instances, he's just wide open. Yeah, just absolutely wide open. Now, he spent two years at Ohio State, transferred to Alabama after he was stuck behind Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson on the depth chart. A uh, couple of good wide receivers yeah. in front of him there, right? Uh, good route runner, really tough to cover, uh, will instantly open up any offense. Uh, the Knox. Not super big from a build standpoint. He's six mm-hmm. one, but he's only one hundred and seventy nine pounds. That's, that's pretty that's small. That's spreading. That's spreading not a lot of weight over a fairly big body. Yeah, I, I don't see him as a guy who dominates the middle of the field. Um, no, but he's a field stretcher. And my ideal landing spot for him is the Los Angeles Chargers at oh, pick seventeen. Really? Oh man! If the Chargers so they learn- got Mike Williams on yes. one side,
2: who's very different, obviously different yes. from almost everybody. Keenan Allen in and in running primarily out of the slot. So, so you want us, you want to put, you think the ideal landing spot is where he's the third receiver
3: in. Absolutely. Look what Jamar chase did last year mm-hmm. in, in Cincinnati. And maybe the chargers learned from Cincinnati. You got a young, strong armed quarterback and you got a, a, a couple of wide receivers that can absolutely stretch the field. And her air bear could absolutely just bomb these things to Jamison Williams downfield. I think it would be so fun to see the Air Coryell Chargers come back, and they're just skying the ball out nonstop down the field, I think it would be absolutely a blast. Hadn't thought of that as a landing spot for Jamison Williams, mm-hmm.
2: but with the knee, if he's not right until Halloween, sure, okay, yeah, yeah, we got fine receivers, yeah, yeah. So you know that is they have the luxury of waiting. Keenan Allen's in the final quarter of his career, probably. Yep. So yeah, I, I it maybe it makes it makes a little more sense to me than it did at first.
3: Plus, he might drop to seventeen there. So I, I think I think that there's a decent chance. Oh yeah, that he, I've got. He, I think Williams I, will I think be he's, there. At 17. He's kind of in the middle of of the first round there. I well, I've
2: got him going to Green Bay. Uh, but only it's it's kind of it's it's kind of a it's kind of a pipe dream. But I've mm-hmm. got them, I've got him going to Green Bay later in the draft. Maybe um, you got somebody else going to Green Bay. I I certainly I do. <laughs> I do. Okay. Uh, and one of the guys is yeah. coming up next. Yeah. Drake London from USC. Absolutely. Big-bodied guy. He reminds me of Brandon Marshall. Okay. Uh, six foot four. Long arms. Long legs. Creates a bunch of space with his big frame. Super physical. Highly productive in that offense. Mm-hmm. That USC offense largely went through Drake London, elite hands, including all of these highlight one-handed catches. Mm-hmm. He's so, you know the hands are probably the best in this draft class. Um, and when you watch him, on it feels like you're watching him rebounding in basketball. The way he sets up to bring sure. in bring in the ball and the way he uses his body to block out defenders. It's it's not
3: even fair. And of all these wide receivers that we're talking about. He's like the one surefire big wide receiver I, I on, the, totally, on the board. I totally agree with that. Um,
2: wins almost all the leaping plays, the contested catches. He's got, Drake London's got goal line receiver written all over him. Yeah. This is, and again, to go back to Brandon Marshall, you know, there was a string of two, three, four, Four years or Brandon Marshall was lethal inside the 10 yard line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guy know, take a couple of steps, turn around, here comes the ball, and no defender could even do anything about it because he's yeah. such a big target and he could he could create so much space for him with his body. But London's more than just a big guy using his body. Yeah. He's got sharp cuts that create some cushion against against opposing uh, defenders. Very good route runner. Um, he's a technician. He breaks a bunch of tackles with his strength, and he ger- generates a shocking amount of yards after catch because of his instinctive running after the catch. And, and it's not just that he's, like, breaking tackles with, bo- with his big body. He's shockingly nimble with that body. Mm-hmm. Um, the downsides for Drake London. He was asked to run simple routes at USC. The route tree is not complicated. He'll have to learn some more parts of the route. Mm-hmm. He had this broken ankle suffered last October.
3: Did he do that from
2: trying to make a cut, cut. on the route tree? <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know this route. <laughs> Snap. <laughs> So, you know, there's there's going to be it it is expected he will be ready by the beginning of the season on Mm -hmm. a broken ankle. But we've seen ankle problems derail Michael Thomas's
3: career. Yeah.
2: So, you know, you always have to be careful. Ankles are the lifeblood for wide receivers. So,
3: yeah. And and London has been one of the guys who's been absolutely skyrocketing up the draft boards. I believe DraftKings. uh over under on his pick right now is 10 and a half. I'd take, I'd take the, I guess you want to take the to over high, I he'll go higher later, than 10 later, and a half. Yeah. Cause cause I think you have him quite a bit later, but I've got they, him, yep. they think that he's going to be somewhere around nine, 10, 11, 12, right in there. So see it could the, the be The catch is
2: the teams that need wide receiver after that are,
3: are kind of limited. Philadelphia's already put so much into that position. So I don't know that they're Here, not. Here's why I think that this makes sense. I think that, the wide receivers are such a big need for so many teams later in the draft. I Mm -hmm. think a lot of these teams are going to have to move up to get the wide receiver that they like. And I I can see on the notes that your ideal landing spot for him is Green Bay. Yes. Green Bay might have to move up to get the wide receiver they want if they want to get a guy like Drake London.
2: I, I have, so now I'll talk about why we've brought up Green Bay twice here. Yeah. So my, my, this is my, this is my, like, your Super pipe dream? fantasy <laughs> pipe dream that'll never happen this way. And it's all fantasy football. Yeah. Green Bay uses both of their picks on wide receiver. That'd be great. And one of them's Drake London, who is as NFL ready as anybody who could hit this draft. Sure. Totally NFL ready and ready to carry an offense as a receiver. And then you can wait on Jamison Williams in the ACL. No need to rush him back. You afford yourself the luxury with the Packers of being able to wait on Williams until he's right. Yeah. So that's why I would love to have (laughs) green Bay go Drake London at 22 and Jamison Williams at 28, even though I know that
3: it's not realistic after all these years of Aaron Rodgers having no first round touchdown passes to anybody, but Mercedes Lewis, (laughs) they're going to draft two wide receivers in the first round and shock everybody
2: overcorrect.
3: That's my theory.
2: Okay. Let's go to our next wide receiver, Chris Olave.
3: Chris Olave. uh, I've never seen more of those Buckeye stickers on a helmet. (laughs) Uh, At one point, they ran out of helmet space, and they started putting them on his visor, kind of like the Ricky Bobby Fig Newton sponsorship. (laughs) Um, In the highlights, Olave's a little bit of everything. Uh, Good route runner, good hands, good overall speed at 439. Uh, Plays kind of like Antonio Brown, where he's not like overly flashy or big, just mm-hmm. really precise and good at everything he does. He's the opposite of Antonio Brown in the fact that everyone says he's insanely mature. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, he's a big brother on the team, super <laughs> humble, uh, graduated early in the fall of 2021 with a degree in consumer and family financial services Okay, uh, in under four years. So that's, that's a good, th- sign. That's a good okay. sign. If he's got a weakness, he's not super big, uh, only six feet and 185 probably not a tackle breaker at the next level and kind of average as a runner in the open field with the ball, Hmm. but he's going to get open and he's going to catch the ball and he's going to go for 11, 12, 15 yards. He can run a four,
2: three, nine. He's pretty fast.
3: Yeah. But he, he just runs straight into defenders all the time. He's like, (laughs) he's like, Hey, that guy's wearing a different colored shirt. I'll go hug him. Um, Ideal landing spot for me would be New Orleans at one of their two picks, either at 16 or 19. Mm -hmm. Uh, He'd have a chance to learn under former Buckeye wide receiver great Michael Thomas and would give the Saints something they haven't had at the wide receiver position in a long time, a second option. Yeah, it has been a long time. They just haven't had one. And with Jameis Winston, I think you're going to need a couple of wide receiver options if he's going to get back to being YOLO Jameis Winston and throwing the ball downfield a little bit more.
2: If New Orleans didn't suddenly have a massive need for at left tackle, um, I'd be talking about them taking a wide receiver in the first round, and they still might if they're, they don't. They don't feel like there's a quarterback requisite. They of got 16, sixteen or nineteen, and, ni- and nineteen. I, you know, so. then
3: receivers absolutely in play. Yeah, you could see them getting like Trevor Penning, uh, and and maybe a wide receiver there. So. I've got Trevor Penning going to them. There we go, and, and then I've
2: got Malik Willis. I think uh, yes, I've got Malik Willis. Ooh, okay, so. interesting. Uh, all right, let's go to Traylon Burks. This is a guy that it has you will see mocked as high as the mid teens and as low as out of the first round. Yeah. So, very divergent opinions on him. He reminds me of something like a less thick Debo Samuel or a more productive LaVishka Shenault. One <laughs> of the two, somewhere in there. So, he's got the bigger frame, not like Debo Samuel thickness, but okay. he's got the bigger frame for a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Traylon Burks is got. Good deep speed, but oddly enough, because he is bigger bodied, mm-hmm. the, the burst and the acceleration isn't there. Yeah. But if you give him the long runway and he gets into the second level and that he's got time to get the speed up, he can run away from defenses. Okay. Traylon Burks creates separation through his cuts, his footwork, and his deceptive body language. When you watch him run his routes, you'll see him tilt his shoulders and okay. his helmet slightly one direction just to bait the hook on the defender. Does he like use his hands and go like come over here? <laughs> like, no, he does not. He's this way. Hey, I'm, i that's where I'm gonna go. <laughs> and it works. He creates a ton of separation that way. Um you'll see his plays he'll he'll 180 cornerbacks, 180 degrees because his his route and his cut will be so sharp that and the players just go in the wrong way and suddenly he's got a full t- turn fully around and start chasing behind Traylon Burks. He's got, good, um, he's got good ball skills. He had, I believe, no drops his senior year. Well, that's good. That is good. Uh, lots of big games against elite SEC opponents, which is great. I mean, Arkansas used him as their offense. They have
3: to going against SEC opponents. If you got got a guy and you're going against Bama and Georgia and
2: all those guys, yeah, mm -hmm. you got to. You got a first-round quality wide receiver in Traylon Burks. You use him a lot. And they used him all over the field, by the way. Mm -hmm. They lined him up at every position except offensive line at various stages, including quarterback and running back. Now, at quarterback, he went 0 for 7 as a passer. So we're not going to suggest he's actually going to do anything there. But in a league that is increasingly using guys like Debo Samuel mm-hmm. as a running back, Traylon Burks might just get some more carries than we would have ever projected a wide receiver to get a few, as recently as a year or two ago.
3: And it's interesting, and I, I, I'm not going to step on your ideal landing spot, but with Debo Samuel demanding a trade, if San Francisco were to get a first-round pick, would they maybe want to take Traylon Burks and just try to replicate what Debo's doing yeah, in the be, Niners' offense, it'd, it'd
2: be tough for them to get there though, because San Francisco's first pick is sixty-one. Yeah, they'd Getting obviously 61 they'd be, tra- up they'd be to trading twenty-eight. It'd be they'd tough. be trading
3: Debo for yeah. a first-round pick, obviously. Yeah, I see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, that maybe yeah. that's
2: maybe it's a possibility. Um, yeah, so Traylon Burks, my ideal landing spot for him is pick thirty-two. The Detroit Lions are thirty-four. Mm-hmm. Lions are both. Uh, I think that's an ideal spot for obviously a wide receiver needy team and somebody that can walk in and be highly productive right away, which the Lions need. Okay. Let's go to our final... Well, we said six guys. You cheated and put two in. I cheated
3: because these two guys both could still go in the first round, and Mm. I figured if they can go in the first round, we better talk about both of them briefly. All right. Uh, We'll start with Jahan Dotson from Penn State, uh, and my other guy is George Pickens from Georgia. Uh either of these guys could be surprise picks at the tail end of the first round by the Packers at 28, the Chiefs at 29 or 30, mm-hmm. Detroit at 32, someone could trade up to grab them. Uh Dotson's pretty tiny, 5'10", 178, but has 443 speed, super elusive after the catch. 10 of his 21 college scores came from 40 yards and beyond. Mm. Uh essentially the same size and build as Tyreek Hill. Although Hill ran a have four quite a four, bit faster, four two, yeah. yes, uh, four two nine forty at his pro day, but uh, Dotson's got a good route route running uh, tree and catching tool. Uh, pretty obvious that. I think I'd like to see him try to take the Tyreek Hill role in Kansas city. And I think with pick 30, I think that's definitely, he'll be there. He'll be there at that point. Yeah. Um, So I think that that would be kind of a cool spot for him. And then Pickens is kind of the opposite guy. He's 6'3, 195, still very lean frame and NFL teams would definitely want to have him add some bulk, Uh, not a game breaking speed guy, but his size, his route running and his catching ability would have him fit nicely in the right system. Uh, one of the bigger wingspans in this draft class. Mm-hmm. Uh, he missed the first two thirds of the twenty twenty one season with an ACL, but returned for Georgia's final four games. And I think that he might be the Packers' late pick in the in the first round. George uh, Pickens, yeah, uh, Devonte Adams' role in Green Bay is a little bit taller and a little bit faster than Adams, not quite as bulky as Devontae, though. Some of those cheese curds could help him add some weight, yeah, yeah, though. Yeah, that'll uh, pack it on, for sure. Uh, but I also wanted to mention there's two other guys that have an outside shot at being first-round picks, and that's Sky Moore and North Dakota State's Christian Watson. I'm not hearing a lot of Watson steam to the first round, but Sky Moore, every now and again,
2: you'll yeah. see at see the bottom of the first round, and I loved his productivity at Western Michigan.
3: Now, either of those two guys lands in like a Green Bay or a Kansas City, Instant, they will be interest, absolutely, interest. absolutely yeah, a lot shooting interest. up draft boards yep. uh, right away. Well, and so. so
2: would Pickens and Dotson.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
2: of those two, who do you think goes first? Is it Dotson with the smaller build, the more of the water bug style, or do you think it's Pickens who is the bigger-bodied, long-armed, leaping, catching Receiver.
3: The, one of the other knocks on Pickens was he was a little immature. He got kicked out of a few games for throwing punches at uh, some, some, some guys. <laughs> Multiple games. Yeah. Wow, okay. Um, so I think that NFL sees that, and they'd probably go, yeah, we want a guy who's a little bit more mature out there. So I think Dotson is going to be the guy who's going to go before. But Pickens is a guy who, if somebody falls in love with the skill set, that he, he might uh, find himself as a late day one pick.
2: Yeah, I I don't think either one's going to go in the first round, but they'll be close. And there are some wide receiver needy teams at the top of the second round, like Houston, with the third pick in the... (laughs) Like uh, Houston, who uh, needs everything. They do need everything. Uh, (laughs) But they are really desperate at wide receiver. I think that those guys make sense for Houston at pick 30, what is it, 35, I believe.
3: Yeah, it's so funny watching, like, all the mocks to Houston because they literally have them taking just about everybody. I know, because they need everything. Yeah, but
2: here's the funny thing, okay, about that. So, Houston at three, constantly getting mock tackle. The one position that they're pretty okay in is tackle. They got a first-round pick in their right tackle, and then they got the guy they give up three first-round picks for at the left
3: tackle position. Yeah, I think that they're going to play defense there. They're going to go with a defensive player. Houston might I be the so first too. team that would trade down because I think they have so many holes to fill mm-hmm. that if there's a team that feels like they're no, needy yeah. at, at one of these guys, if it's Hutchinson going first and your pick of Sauce Gardner or Thibodeau going second, there's a lot of really great players on the on the board there. And if somebody feels needy and they feel the need to move up to pick three to get in front of the Jets, get in front of the Giants' two mm-hmm. picks, maybe get in front of Carolina, who they might think, oh, they might be taking our quarterback. I think Houston's like the key spot that I think that they could trade down, amass a couple of extra picks in the second and third round and 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 really make a splash in this draft.
2: Yeah, I, I think the cost to move up this year is low, and I don't think because there's not... Yeah, I agree. There's not like these elite separated players at the top of the draft. Like most years, you've got two, three, four, five, six players that are clearly better than the rest of the draft class and to move up to get them becomes very expensive. But this year, the difference in the first couple of players, two, three, four, five players, is mm-hmm. not all that different yeah. than the guys that are going in the middle round. So I don't know that Houston gains a ton by moving down like they would have in a different year.
3: Yeah, maybe not. And this is this is one of the strangest draft classes of all time. It because is. Because of the COVID year, there are more players who are eligible for the draft this year than any other year ever. And it's almost like double. Uh, I've I've heard a lot of guys who do like the big uh, draft guides and stuff saying that instead of ranking 600 players like they normally do in a year, they're ranking 1,000 players this year because there's so many that came out. So the depth is there in this draft class, but there's not that much high-end talent in this draft class. It's going to be a strange, strange draft. And I think the teams, personally the teams that collect a lot of second and third round picks are going to come out of this draft feeling really good. That, that could very well be, be the case. Uh, thank you, Matt.
2: Yeah, great job. It'll be fascinating to see where these players go. Do you think we'll hit on how many of our, our ideal landing spots you think we'll hit on? Oh, uh, let's see.
3: We had, we uh, did, we did 12. We had, of them. We had 12 we or 13, 12 uh,
2: were to the same team. So it, they can't all 12 work out. Well,
3: I mean, they can't all 12. I'd say four,
2: that be I'd, I would I'd love it if it were 4. Yeah. I would love that. It that would be cuz
3: we're pretty smart guys. We we know, what we know what's need. best for yeah, these we teams. We know what's best yeah, for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just listen to us all you GMs out there that I'm sure are tuning into fantasy football weekly. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's what you have to do this week.
2: <laughs> uh thank you Matt. Thank absolutely. you for listening everybody. We appreciate it back next week to recap the first round. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your
1: favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.
4: 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
3: Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles